1: Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt (laughs) Belisai. Thanks to today's sponsor, Quip. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. What's up, Matt? No. All right. We got a great show coming up your way today. We're going to kick things off with Worst Things First. You know the segment, the one where the world proves to us over and over again that we're all idiots, just giant, flailing idiots, except me and my Roomba, because she and I are perfect together. It's beautiful. After Worst Things First, we're going to dive deep into HGTV. And we record the entire segment from a tiny home! Just kidding. I literally can't step foot in those houses because they were built for ants and I'm not a Monopoly thimble, I am a man. And finally, we get our kvetching. Kvetching?
2: Kvetching. You just slur the K and the V a bit more.
1: Kvetching. Kvetching! And finally, we get our complaining on with our guest complainer this week, Amanda Seals. Amanda is a stand-up comedian, actress, and host of the podcast Small Doses with Amanda Seals. You've probably seen her playing the hilarious Tiffany on HBO's Insecure, We got all of that and more, I guess. So let's get right into it. Let's finish this appetizer and head into the meaty entree that is unhappy hour. All right, worst things first, here's a bunch of news you probably don't need to know and we'll now never forget once you hear me scream about it. You're welcome. First, A leading researcher at Cornell University published a study this week that says nobody is 100% straight. Sorry, hets. Sorry, heteros. You're all gay now. That's the rule, according to science. Because this researcher, he set up a study, and here's what it did. This is, I would set up this study. (laughs) He got a bunch of male and female volunteers and then showed them pornography (gasps) for free. And (laughs) basically, they measured the dilation of their eyes because when you're sexually aroused, your eyes dilate. And they proved that people get aroused no matter what they're looking at, basically. (laughs) Male, female, corn on the cob. (laughs) But the best part about this whole thing is that the Daily Mail published an article about this in the comments are literally just a bunch of insecure men being like, you can't <laughs> make me. <laughs> so let's read a sampling of them. Commenter one. I have never fancied another man, but have on occasions thought, wow, he is good looking. I wish I looked like that. <laughs> Gay. Gay. What a load of rubbish. While I might enjoy the company of another man, that's where it stops. Anything else makes me physically sick. It's a biological thing that I am more than content with. Gay. What complete drivel. Also, they're all British. (laughs) (laughs) What complete drivel. I'm a man, and if anything can completely turn me off, it's the sight of a naked man. Even a shirtless guy I find unattractive. gay. At 47 years old, I can categorically say only women arouse me. I can tell if another bloke is probably attractive, but he doesn't get the old pump going. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Gay. First of all, second of all, what? Gets the old pump going? Is that referring to the pump that pumps blood into your penis? My favorite comment is my pupils dilate when I see a Ferrari and hot women. Males only interests. <laughs> okay. So I'm pretty sure that person wants to fuck a Ferrari as well. That's what we yes. learned. You know what? To each his own. If that is the lesson that this study can teach us, to each his own. Fuck a Ferrari if you want. No one gets hurt. Next! A teen in Arizona, says that she was denied service at a Starbucks drive through just because she ordered a Frappuccino and happened to be riding a horse through the drive through Because, like, <laughs> apparently that's illegal, according to the Starbucks bylaws. According to the AP, the girl says that the barista didn't even give her a reason and only said that the store couldn't take her order. The teen girl was like, I was planning on giving my horse some cream, a cup of whipped cream. And Starbucks was like, nay. <laughs> um, next, an Oregon woman who ran an illegal daycare named Little Giggles <laughs> pleaded guilty to drugging and abandoning children after she doped up seven kids with melatonin so that she could go to a tanning salon. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> hero? I feel
2: like No No. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to know where your heroes lie, Matt.
1: Yeah, I I'll take that as legitimate criticism. You know, in some in some light I might consider this woman a hero because she said, you know what, I'm prioritizing my self-care. I need to go to a tanning salon. On the other hand, she gave a bunch of children melatonin so that they would pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, that's a sad story. <laughs> She's in jail for 21 years, so she just got sentenced last week, which is why this is in the news. Next, the new Fantastic Beast trailer came out, Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beast 2. <laughs> and they got it wrong, because like the first clip is a bunch of people apparating into Hogwarts, which you cannot do. You cannot do it. So either they fucked up and got it wrong, or... They did it purposefully to be provocative. And then you have to watch the movie to find out if something happened to make it so that you can operate into Hogwarts. Maybe. The most important thing from this trailer, though, is that young Dumbledore is thick as fuck. So Jude Law.
2: So thick. There's
1: just like a three-second scene where he sits on a desk Mm -hmm. and you see heaven and earth all (laughs) in one. And finally... I don't want to grow up because if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Except now nobody can because Toys R Us is shutting all of its stores down. Congrats, everyone. We did it. <laughs> Jeffrey the giraffe will be humanely euthanized. Oh my God. And <laughs> in lieu of flowers, you can send the souls of all of your dead Furbies and Barbies and Beanie Babies. And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. The next segment is 28 years old, lives in Santa Claus, Indiana, is ready to retire abroad, and has a budget of $7 million. Let's hunt for the house of her dreams and dive deep into HGTV Hell on Earth. Deep tide, deep tide, deep tide. Every time I go home to my parents' house in Chicago, All they watch is fucking HGTV. It's just non-stop HGTV 48 hours a day because somehow HGTV has distorted the space-time continuum so that they can smash twice the amount of programming that we normally get into one fucking day. I wake up to it. I go to bed to it. I see it in my sleep. I see it in my dreams. So here I am to scream about my least favorite channel on all of television, the Home Gardening Television Network. HGTV. First, all of their shows try to make you think that you can do shit to your own house that you absolutely Mm -mm. cannot do. Mm -mm. Most Americans should not be trusted with a hammer, let alone a fucking nail gun, okay? Like, I'll go home and my mom will be like, I just get so inspired watching these shows. I think I'm going to knock a wall down. And I'll be like, (laughs) no, our house will collapse You cannot do this. Don't believe what they tell you. You're not prepared. You are not prepared. Also, neither are they. Like, they fuck up often. (laughs) Every time I see one of those shows where they make over a house in, like, two weeks, I'm like, that house fell over, like, a week late. There's no way that that house survived more than a month. That family is dead. Their house collapsed on all of them in their sleep. Oh, no. Goodbye. Next... That fucking tiny houses show is just rich people appropriating my lifestyle as someone who shits all of my money into a one hundred square foot room where I shit, cook, and sleep. I hate that. I you if you want to live into a, t- a tiny house, rent a studio apartment in Manhattan. That's it, and pay five thousand dollars. Then you understand how how that exists. I want a six-month follow-up on any family that agrees to live in a tiny home because guaranteed half of them are dead. They've killed one another. (laughs) Or their their house has, like, disintegrated back into the earth. Yeah. Fuck tiny homes. Oh, your bed pulls out, just like your dad should have. Burn! Boom! HGTV burn! (laughs) Next! Next! Every fucking couple on that House hunter show, they're like, hi, I'm Phil, and I work part-time at a condemned Burger King, and I'm Claris, and I sell beads at the flea market, and our budget is $1 billion. <laughs> How? How are all of these fucking, like, 20-year-old couples who don't do shit able to afford all of these houses? It's because they don't live in New York City. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, if you don't live in New York City and you save your money, you can, you can own a house. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Which is offensive to me as someone who puts all of my money into the pocket of a landlord who I've never met who probably doesn't even exist. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, moving right along. Every time they interview a couple about what they like, they always latch onto like one tiny thing and then wildly blow it out of proportion. Where the woman will be like, I saw a kangaroo once and it was pretty cool. And they'll be like, guess what? Kangaroo bed, (laughs) kangaroo bedroom, kangaroo bungalow with a live kangaroo in it, feeding her kangaroo babies. (laughs) Kangaroo clogs, kangaroo fucking rugs, kangaroo tea towels.
2: That is what happened to my friend, Danny. My friend was on Trading Space as kids, and yeah. he was like, I like games. And then they were like, you have an entire crossword puzzle wall now.
1: Right. That's, it's particularly bad on kids' stuff. Yeah. Because they they used to do that on, oh, Extreme Home Makeover. Well, they'll be like, oh, you like space? <laughs> You're about to get fucked up with space, motherfucker. <laughs> we're shoving space down your throat we're sending you to space. And then that's where he lives now. (laughs) Also on all of these show, all of these makeover shows or fixer-upper shows, they always do one hugely unnecessary thing. Like a couple will be like, we like being able to get from one floor to the other floor of our house. Mm. And they'll be like, guess what? We built you a catapult in your front yard (laughs) that you can use to launch yourself through the second window. (laughs) (laughs) Also, hardly any of them Build a secret room behind a okay. bookcase. I was about to say. Which, like, if you are going to build a house from scratch, fucking build a room, a secret room behind a, a bookcase. Entire passageways. Also, none of them build a panic room. Okay? Did Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart teach you nothing in that 1990 something classic movie Panic Room, <laughs> where Forrest Whitaker? breaks into their house and they have to camp out in a panic room, except Kristen Stewart has diabetes (gasps) and that she needs her insulin and then it starts to flood. That's where that's I learned how to what SOS was from that movie. Oh wow. The point is if you're fixing up a house in twenty eighteen on HGTV, you build a panic room, you build a room behind a bookcase, you build a tree house, you build a whips and chain room. Why? Why isn't there an entire HGTV series where they build sex rooms for couples? Just like whips y- and chains.
2: You're you're on to something here, <laughs> man. Yeah, here's
1: a bunch of free ideas for HGTV: sex room show, treehouse show, treehouse I think show. That might be a Next. On House Hunters, I love how every time they're giving like an overview of all the houses at the end that they see, they always have to pick one good thing and one bad thing and then treat it like it's of equal importance. They're like, house number one is only $40,000, which is a steal, but it was built by slaves in 1802. (laughs) House number two has a backyard dolphin pool, but it's haunted by the ghost of a child molester. (laughs) House number three has 17 bathrooms, but all of them are occupied by a homeless man shitting in a bucket, (laughs) and he will watch you while you poop. (laughs) Which one will they choose? I mean, obviously, the dolphin pool.
2: Does that mean it's a pool full of dolphins or a pool shaped like a dolphin?
1: Both. Wow. A dolphin-shaped pool full of dolphins. (laughs) And occasionally visited by the ghost of a child molester. What, what? Next! Why the fuck is everybody on HDTV entertaining all the time? They're all like, we love to entertain. No. Where's the person who's like, I want a house that has a no natural light, <laughs> no amenities, just one room full of mattresses and pillows covered everywhere.
2: I think we're back to your sex den idea and a show just for sex dens.
1: (laughs) The rest of the house. Yeah. It's just, I want like a sandwich room.
2: (laughs) I think they call that a kitchen. A
1: sleeping room.
2: That's a bedroom.
1: A chair, a a room that's just one leather chair and like a bowl of Vaseline.
2: Okay. I was going to say an office, but
1: yes, I guess that is your work. And finally, as a note to HGTV, I want you to know that nothing nothing will ever top trading spaces. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry TLC had that on lock 10 years ago. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. Ty Pennington contributed to my sexual awakening. Oh yeah. Okay. And I also love that one designer Hildy. Do you remember her? <laughs> Who purposefully made everyone's houses tacky as shit <laughs> and then they would cry? <laughs> That's what I want. Take some risks. HGTV doesn't take risks. You think the Property Brothers are going to cover someone's bathroom entirely in 7,000 synthetic flowers <laughs> that Hildy stapled to the wall? <laughs> Do you think the Property there was one woman that Hildy redid their house, and she was like, I hate the color brown. I hate brown. I remember this. And their neighbors who were doing their house were like, she hates brown. And Hildy was like, we're going to make it all brown. <laughs> <laughs> just like straight up a dick. Was like, we're going to do everything brown. She'll love it. And then she <laughs> she uncovered her eyes and just sobbed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's quality entertainment. that
1: yeah, take some risks is what I'm saying. Okay, Property Brothers, take your fingers out of one another's mouths and make some quality television. Take some risks. Look at that Wisconsin woman in the face and be like, oh, you hate the color blue? I'm going to fuck you in the face with blue. <laughs> so anyway, fuck everything that's not trading spaces. You wish, you wish you could, HGTV, but you can't, you can't. That's it for our deep dive. Next up, we're going to be joined by Amanda Seals for an interview and a game after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip. Here's a quick list of things that I enjoy sinking my teeth into. Cake, fluffy croissants, 24-karat gold bricks, ham and a media investigative podcast, am I right? (laughs) But I can't sink my teeth into anything without proper dental hygiene. And that's where Quip comes in. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. And because the thing that cleans your mouth hole should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule. They deliver new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. That's one less reason to leave the house, one more reason to sink your teeth into this deal. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com unhappy right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with the Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com unhappy. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash unhappy. Happy brushing! So, our guest complainer today is Amanda Seals. Amanda is a comedian and TV personality, and you might recognize her as a now-series regular as Tiffany on HBO's Insecure. Welcome to the show, Amanda.
0: Thank you, Matt. That was We're
1: in a complaining mood already. Matt kind of... Always, Always (laughs) answer. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I love you. (laughs) Um, Well, just to keep it rolling, um, the question we start with everybody is, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Or just something you want to, like, get off your chest? The song
0: Return of the Mac. (laughs) Everybody loves... No, you're
1: not a Macklemore fan? Oh, no, it's not even a Macklemore song. It's like... Still, that's what it conjures in my mind. I am very white, so...
0: Well, it's a song that you've absolutely heard before. Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac once again. Return of the Mac. Oh, my God. Return of the... I I hate, hate this song. (laughs) People love this freaking record. They love it. And when I lived in New York, I remember that the building next to me, whoever is in that building, I want to find you. Mm -hmm. And I want to sit down and just have a discussion. (laughs) Because that person somehow knew... I just like to think that, you know, the ego makes you think that everything is about you. So I yeah. like to think that they knew that I...
1: Your deepest, deepest just pet peeve. Pet
0: peeve was this song because I'm Not Even Shitting You. One night they played it from 7 p.m. right till the next morning just on a loop. And I don't know if they, like, left... They just like let it like it was playing and then like some shit went down. And they were like, I gotta go, you know, and like they just ran out the house. Like maybe like there was Right, right. Maybe there was an emergency. I don't know what happened. Maybe the dog choked on something and they just like run with the dog to the vet and so they just kept it playing. But a good twelve hours. A good twelve hours of <laughs> I my just least imagine, like, favorite song. The in the movie world.
1: of your life, this is like at the end where it's like the traumatic flashback <laughs> where you learn why you are this person. It's just like <laughs> 12 hours of Return of the Mac playing if, while you're trying to sleep. While I'm
0: trying to sleep. While well, I'm just trying yeah. to live my life. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to live my life. And it was just like, Return of the Mac. <laughs> you know, it feels like it's getting louder the right. more it plays also. Right. And uh, that, but people love this record. I need you to know this. Like yeah. when I'm at a black party and this comes on, people are like, oh, okay. This is like <laughs> a song that people get up for. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, uh, let's shut it down.
1: All right. Yeah. Let's shut it down. I understand. All right. You um, just started your own self-help
0: podcast. You call it self-help, I right? I call it self-help from the hip because who am I?
1: You know? Right. Like,
0: the only reason it became self-help is because of the people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not like, I am here <laughs> to tell you how to live your life. No. I am. This is what this podcast <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> and you know what? It's like there's a certain level of confidence to that that I absolutely adore right. and commend. I don't have that. Yeah. Um. And then... At some point after the, after my Caitlyn Jenner, we call it the Caitlyn Jenner, the gathering of Caitlyn Jenner, um,
1: <laughs> which we need to talk about and explain. We will absolutely also. get
0: to. Uh, my my following on Instagram like exponentially grew. Yeah. Right. Like almost overnight. So then it was like I wasn't just like talking to a couple people. It was right. like I'm talking to hundreds of thousands of a couple people. Right. And it turns out I'm wise.
1: <laughs> Just FYI, we are in the presence of wisdom.
0: QRHW wisdom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am absolutely apparently wise. I did not know this and then people were like, "Yeah, no." Like <laughs> you write it
1: down. You are yeah, yeah, like write it down. Yeah. God has his apostles and you need a podcast. I... <laughs> <laughs> and so the title, if I got it right, from you kind of describe it in the first episode is like you know, you tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people can't take it in, in large doses. Correct. So you gotta get it down to yeah. the small doses. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm a, a strong believer in getting to positivity through pessimism and negativity. <laughs> sometimes yes. you need, you know, to break some hearts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but not everybody likes that. No. So
0: I tell them to unfollow.
1: <laughs> Seek help elsewhere. You know,
0: and it's fine. There's a whole world. Yeah. Out here, right? I'm sure there's somebody else more suited for you to find inspiration
1: in, and right. that's fair. Yeah, this is a sort of tangent, but like, I'm always amazed when people feel like they need to insert themselves. Oh, of course. There was someone who's like aggregating these types of comments, but like, celebrity wedding photos or something. And so, <laughs> there's always someone in the comments who is like, "I love her, but this dress just <laughs> isn't for me." And it's like, why? Well, it's not for Fuck you. Fuck off. Yeah, it's not for it's you. Her dress. Yeah, you can keep that opinion to yourself.
0: Or tell it to your friend in a private forum. <laughs> yeah, you don't forum. have to do it on
1: their Instagram. If
0: you read me and my friends' comments, you might not like me. Yeah. But there's something to be said for the fact that we don't feel the need to come and tell you right. this dress right, right, right here is worthy of firing your stylist. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I'm just I'm, I don't need to say that in a public forum. Social media has people thinking that if you're not willing to say it in front of everybody, then there's a problem. Right. And I don't think everything needs to be said in front of everybody. People come on my Instagram and talk like I'm not there. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, I don't know who she thinks she is. But it's like, (laughs) "Uh, hello. Hey.
1: Right here. Right
0: here. (laughs) You're not on the shade room. Like, you're not in, like, a forum. Yeah. You're literally talking to me. No one else. Right. For anyone who's listening, (laughs) no one else looks at my Instagram but me. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) There's no admin. There's no PR person, like, scanning. It's just me. Right. So when you say things, it comes directly to me as I sit in my kitchen making oatmeal while I'm marveling at how gorgeous my cat is.
1: Yeah. I will say I've had a a number of days where I'm like, I just need to give someone, like, $15 to go through comments for me and just give me a digest at the end of the day. I get a kick. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes i do do you do you have like a, a personal like philosophy on replying to people
0: when your people are just being mean typically i'll just like say come like some like little quick little snippy snarky thing and be like Bleh. um or i'll just block you i've gotten much better at that like yeah. just block them
1: do you you block not mute
0: Oh no no no! If you say something mean to me, you don't need to right. exist in my world.
1: I've, sometimes people will like screenshot the block and use it as like a trophy Please. that they got to you. <laughs> Please go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I, right,
0: I I yeah. do not hide my sensitivity by any right, means. Right, right. And like the fact of the matter is, like, if that's what you need in your life, yeah. I just did you a favor. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I just gave you your sense of purpose yeah. that you needed so there it is so but one thing I've gotten really good at as the clap back uh, I call it the Columbia curse out mm-hmm. at just obliterating someone without the need to use any profanity right right but literally just using like egregiously multi-syllabic words
1: right right
0: and also finding some sort of fissure in the makeup of their avi or their uh, profile right that I use against them. Don't come for me in a bad suit.
1: <laughs> um, great point.
0: I will obliterate your whole self-esteem. I had someone literally cancel their Instagram account. The
1: <laughs> that is my favorite, though. When you, when, Yeah, when you see someone quote a tweet and then uh, someone like me is scrolling through five <laughs> minutes later, their account is on private. <laughs> and so,
0: like, sometimes Twitter will not refresh, and so it'll show you a tweet that has since been deleted, but you right. don't know that yet. Right. So this guy yesterday tweeted and was like, People just started liking you again. Stop. I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, uh, sir. Yeah. And this is like a 45-year-old basketball coach. What are you doing? Right. And uh, he, when I went to reply, it wouldn't let me reply because it said the tweet has been removed. <laughs> so he had a, a change of heart. Yeah, yeah,
1: karma got to him Yeah, already. he had
0: a moment where he was like, you know, this is a bad idea.
1: Right. Yeah. So, okay, we went through some of your Twitter for inspiration, and there was one taboo tweet that stood out. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so to explain to people who don't know, um, you got your master's in African-American studies yes. with a, a concentration mm-hmm. in hip-hop studies.
0: I guess it's more uh, established now. But right. back then, it was literally just like, yeah, I'm going to just, like, call it this.
1: <laughs> Good. No, from no Columbia, arguments. From Great. Columbia. So you tweeted Hamilton is fantastic, but it made people think that simply saying words that rhyme is rapping, which is getting really annoying.
0: Yes, James Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Tell me, explain.
0: Because rap is not about just words that rhyme in a rhythmic fashion. Right. It also requires style.
1: And soul. So, is Lin Manuel okay, or is this like a James Corden knockoff? It's not of,
0: even that as it's much inspired. as like Hamilton by rote of being a Broadway show has certain levels of that in certain places, but right. in other places in the show, it's lacking because it's it's Broadway. People saw that show and were like, oh.
1: <laughs> I can do that. We're upper now. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as typically, like, this is like typical white people Columbusing shit. Like, you know what? I can do that. And now we're going to go do it. We're going to do it better. But it's not. Right. It's not better. No. Nope. It's just more basic, but it lacks the awareness of the nuances of what makes hip-hop good hip-hop. Right. You know, they're just like, we're rapping. It's like anyone can sing a note, but not everyone can sing. <laughs>
1: incredibly important distinction. It is. So you opened for Chris Rock ah! recently, right? Yes. He, like, is instituting the thing where, like, you have to put your phone in, yeah. like, a thing. Was yeah. that in place? Yeah. So for, for people don't know, a lot of comedians now are like, you, your phone is, like, trapped in a bag while mm-hmm. the performance is happening, which I am all for. How did that, did you, like, notice a difference?
0: Now that you bring that up, I've literally never... Like, literally never been on stage and had someone in a distracting way, like, had phones up to the point. Yeah, like, had phones up to the point where it was a problem. Yeah. It enhances the show because the thing about when people put their phones up is it lets everybody else know, like, this is a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For Chris, it's different because he doesn't want his work to mess up somebody else's experience. He wants the audiences to come to the show and get to experience it fresh, just like everybody else. Yeah. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's, like, a somewhat of a boundary that people play with. There's, like, the Snapchat video with the light on that I've experienced when it's, like... Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People, like, not, like, in the front, like, shining a light in my face where I'm, like, can we... I understand, <laughs> like I do understand that there is that there's an interplay there. But then other times I'm like, really, really the Snapchat light. It yeah. is a bit
0: od. All
1: right, so Caitlyn Jenner. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: so just so everybody knows the background, it's just wild to describe the setup to this. Katie Even Perry. the
0: sentence. <laughs> w- w- set it up. Everything you're gonna say, right. Like
1: literally every comma is a new <laughs> what. It Wait, just what? gets wilder and wilder. <laughs> yes. So Katy Perry, for the announcement or the release of her album Witness. last summer, right, had a live stream, like, Big Brother mm-hmm. style, yep. where a bunch of people were in a house.
0: She was in the house, and she invited people over.
1: Right. Okay. Over the course of three days. Right. And the entire thing was streamed online. On YouTube. For all three days. Yes. Um. And then there was a dinner that you were at. Caitlyn Jenner was also there what happens
0: so they decided to have this dinner because basically Katie was like I worked really hard to try and get Hillary elected and then my parents voted for Donald Trump so she wanted to have this dinner to kind of encourage her fans to face those difficult conversations with their families and at first they were calling it like the friends and family dinner and I was like I don't know any of these people. <laughs> yeah, not my family. Oh, so they're not my family and they're not my friends. I was like, what if we call it a dinner with discourse? hmm And they were like, let's call it the friends and family dinner with discourse. <laughs> I was like, fine, sure. happy mediums. It was me, uh, Derek Blacksburg, who's a journalist for Vanity Fair, uh-huh. uh, Van Jones, who right. is a well-known CNN commentator, uh, Anna Navarro, who's on The View, and she is a Latina Republican, which... Sure. It's like tacos with ketchup. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, um, right. Then, like, a fan of Katie's had, like, won the opportunity to come to dinner. <laughs> to the, the and discourse I just, dinner. <laughs> the discourse dinner. And I felt so bad for her because it was like, oh, you thought this was going to be fun. No. Nope. It's not going to nope. be fun at all. Like, Katie's dog will not be featured in any of this. Uh, Then there was Sally Cohn, who's a a pundit on... Well, she has a show on CNN. And then there was uh, uh, DJ Skeeter, who's this DJ that works a lot in the tech world. Uh Margaret Cho, Uh Katie herself, and then Caitlyn Jenner and myself. And they asked me to come because they were like, we just want somebody who's going to be there that can really be willing to have the conversation. Because that's the thing. A lot of times, you have folks that on their own show might say all the things. Right. But then when they are in a group of people, it's like, I don't want to ruffle feathers. Right, right. There's a lot of politeness that happens. It's and family I, and friends. It's family and friends. And I always say that my <laughs> my point of being somewhere typically is to disrupt politeness that is in the way of purpose. Right. So if we're all going to sit here and pat each other on the back and play kumbaya, what are we really doing? Right. So we do. they did a lot of that, and then I chimed in, and they were doing a lot of this whole, like, all Trump voters deserve a voice. All Americans deserve a voice. And I get that in theory. Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, eventually they came to me like, Amanda, what do you think? And I was like, well, I think I speak for a lot of folks that don't feel that way and that feel that they use their voice. They use their voice to elect somebody who, for all intents and purposes, made it very clear from the onset that they were not the best choice for this office. Right. And that they do not have the best interests of the American people at heart. So they use their voice. And now they need to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Okay?
1: Because, Message received.
0: <laughs> like, and so they were like, well, you know, I mean, he's going to pass. Trump will pass. It's just like, you know, it's not but it's like it's not a cold, you know? And I was like, well, I think there were people that absolutely thought, like, Hitler would pass, you right. know? And you always end up throwing Hitler out because everybody know Hitler. <laughs> you know? It's right. like he's the Tupac of evil <laughs> historical references. And so— with Hitler, like, you just kind of, it, it usually serves as, like, a real basic barometer for people to know where you're coming from. And when I said that, they were like, <gasps> and then Caitlyn Jenner was like, oh, I just don't want to have this conversation anymore. Yeah. Uh, and she said that she felt that the conversation had turned hostile because mm. I had said that. And, like, I gave my reasons for saying that, which was basically, like, you know, Hitler was able to gain the support of of the following By basically like indoctrinating people against each other and creating a division, which is literally what he's doing right now between immigrant groups, what he was what he's been doing between like white people and black people, etc. So I was like the fact that he had rallies where he literally urged people at the rallies to harm, to physically harm anybody who was there that was not in agreement is absolutely fascist and an exemplary example of the same type of tactics that Hitler used to come to power. And uh, I'm somebody who feels like if I'm speaking a fact, you can't argue the fact with emotion. Right. So she was basically just like, well, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was her comeback. Like, I don't appreciate you talking about this. And, you know, this is disrespectful to Americans. Disrespectful to me as an American citizen. And I was just sitting there like, I can't even... how Like you said, what is this situation? How are you at this dinner? Right. Like, what is this whole thing? And I always tell people, like, I was going to wear a dashiki. Yeah. I was so going to just go in there and just be as
1: black. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Outwardly. Caitlyn Jenner would have survived that dinner.
0: I don't. (laughs) And I instead was like, you know what? Let me just... Let me just be, like, unassuming. Yeah. And I wore, like, a blush Valentino. Right. Uh, with a braid crown and a natural face. You know, <laughs> just, like, let's just just mi- misdirect. Yeah. And um, what ended up happening, though, was I was able to converse with her in a way that actually impressed myself. Because I think my emotion comes and my passion comes from, like willful ignorance. Mm-hmm. And someone got like Caitlyn Jenner who's basically claiming like, you know, to be working with the Republican Party to advance um the to advance the agendas of like her marginalized community of trans people. Like, for you to act like you don't understand the dynamics of, like, another marginalized community that absolutely has been way more publicly marginalized than trans people. And I don't mean that they are more marginalized. I mean, publicly. Like, for all intents and purposes, the conversation about trans is very recent. Right. The conversation of black people being marginalized is centuries old. <laughs> yeah. This ain't no haha no right. shit. And you have a black grandchild.
2: Right. You right. have
0: a black son-in-law. And your daughters often have black men inside them.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, on a regular basis. On a
1: regular basis. Like, by,
0: like this is actually, like, your goals. <laughs> yeah. So for you to, like, disassociate yourself with that, that's when I start to get, like, annoyed. And um, I kept my cool. Mm-hmm. I dug my fingers into my palm. And I kept my cool. And I basically just made it clear to her, like, you can say how you're speaking. You can speak how you're speaking because, you know, we... We're different, and I understand why you're saying that. And she's like, "Well, what do you, what, what, what am I saying?" Right. I'm just saying I love America, and America, you know, is a, is a great country. And I'm like, you can say that in a way that I can't because America has shown up for you in a way that it hasn't shown up for me. And she scoffed and was really just like, as if I was making all this up. And that's when people lose their minds because you're just like, there's. Like, there's basic evidence to this. Yeah. You know, like, Van Jones just told you that he's the first of his generations of family to not be a sharecropper, and you're going to sit here and tell me that this has been a fair fight for everybody? Get out of here.
1: Right, right. But I was
0: able to say to her in front of a very huge audience something that I feel like a lot of folks think and feel but, like, don't get the platform to say, which is basically just, like, you have privilege. Stop ignoring it. Like, black people have a different experience, and it's valid.
1: Period. Yeah. Well, the good news is Caitlyn Jenner knows better now and um, America's fixed. So she,
0: <laughs> she definitely just decided to have a barbecue. Um, you know, there's going to be a DJ. We're going to do the electric slide. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. Right, right. It's it was all, so funny though, because better. when you do those things, I know you've done this before. Like you go to these things and on camera, like everyone's like, whatever. And then when the camera's done, everyone's like, hey, so we're friends now. And it's like, no, I didn't like you on camera. <laughs> I still don't like you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I still don't. props to you for like a yeah, having those difficult conversations. But B, yeah, not like faking it.
0: It's just become impossible.
1: I mean, that's what I
0: was talking about on my Instagram the other day that it's like you have to learn how to have conversations in a way that may not necessarily be like the first instinct. Um sometimes though, it's just not effective to right. getting the outcome that you want. And so, like, you have to find a way to temper it. And I think for a lot of folks that are naturally inclined to just be like, no, let me tell you what's going on. You know, you you feel like you're being inauthentic if you find a different way of delivering that message. And I think that I challenge my listeners and I challenge, like, myself to these days, like, really trying to explore, like, what's another version of me being real that doesn't um, ostracize or, like, put people on a defense right. that prevents us from getting where we need to get?
1: Cause I, also think there there are people who use the uh, "I just tell it like it is" Ugh. excuse to very bad effects. Yes, the president being one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's there's a line that like you know you can cross.
0: There's tact.
1: Right. There's, there's just like tact. there's still like rules.
0: There's yes. <laughs> to
1: telling it like it is. There's
0: rules telling it like it is. First of all, like you have to ask. You know, like I definitely have friends where we'll say to each other, like permission. <laughs> to keep it to real. read. Yeah, yeah, permission to read. Yeah. Because you don't know where someone's at. Even if what you had to say was valid, if I tell you I can't take it, back up. Yeah. Back off, or consider a different way of getting the messaging across. Right. But you're right, there's so many rules to telling it like it is.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a good note. Uh, to Should we play a game? We call it Bowl of Shit Talk, nice. where we're just pick a topic and... Let us know your thoughts. I love it. (laughs) Some of them are topical. Some of them are just random. Uh, Clickbait headlines that end with things like, and I can't even. (laughs) Does that make sense? (laughs) You know those headlines that are like, this celebrity did this and we can't even.
0: It's very like, oh, so this is a (laughs) 13-year-old. (laughs) blog post it's such a blatant attempt to be like millennials read this please yeah all the millennials, mills right because you know they have to shorten every word to as short as possible just they're going to start calling millennials m's
1: yeah i i also like that they they're like here's how you should feel after you read this (laughs) i can't before you read it yeah i can't even so let's see about you yeah let's see let's see how even i can't even That makes sense. Um, Bruno Mars, I love him so. Yeah, you're a pro, Bruno Mars. You're not. I mean, he's hard day. It's like hating a, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was told I wasn't allowed to compare Bruno Mars to like a Make a Wish child, which is what what i And listen, I'm from a family of Make <laughs> a Wish people. That's a separate that's a whole story. other thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seems like he won a contest. <laughs>
0: I don't think so I think Bruno is so bananas talented that it's like if anything the contest he won is like the impersonate prince
1: that's true that's true which is a
0: hell of a contest to win yeah you know so I'm here for I'm here
1: for Bruno I'm sorry no
0: I think he's sorry not sorry I am I like he is a
1: wee little he is he's a wee little little guy right he's very small yeah um I don't know if you saw this. Omarosa.
0: I did see this bullshit.
1: Omarosa was going to be on the cast of Celebrity Big Brother. Omarosa, who's most recently a senior advisor in the White House.
0: I mean, are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) I mean, we are in the reality show president world now, so nothing surprises me anymore.
0: This is the type of stuff, though, that makes me be like, wait a minute. Was this all a ruse? I I just don't know anymore. Yeah. All of this feels like an episode of the Americans. Yes. I just don't she's such a joke. And just as a black woman, I'm just like, why are you out here? Just like there's such there's so little representation already. And then like you out here and you're I feel like you're taking up space with somebody who maybe has like something more valid and credible to add. And I will block anyone on my Instagram the minute they come to like the defense of Omarosa, because people love to like become self righteous and be like, "Oh, just let her live; she's living her life." Stop it! This is my Instagram, and she ain't living her life on here. <laughs> so yet. you can go Not preach that, face. preach that in your own ministry. <laughs> but over here, we don't fuck with Omarosa. Omarosa frees we don't. Out. We don't. We don't rock with anybody who willfully um, puts other people in jeopardy. For their own um, advancement. You are a fascist puppet. And all that jazz.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On that musical note, (laughs) we should end. Uh, Where can people find you, see you? Watch your stuff.
0: Well, you can always follow me on Instagram, Amanda Seals, where I insta-story like every daggone day. And if you want to keep up with any of my shows, go to amandaseals.com backslash schedule and listen to Small
1: Doses. Yes. Listen
0: to my podcast, Small Doses, now available.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thanks for venting. I feel so
0: honored to, like, come through and vent and, like, be a part of the...
1: the unhappy hour uh, The unhappy hour. experience and the
0: podcast click like I <laughs> yeah. like, so I feel like I'm like one of the cool kids now Podcasting like, is just
1: one big circle jerk and uh, mm.
0: yeah when, Literally my favorite line in Insecure is when Issa is talking to Kelly and she's like do you ever listen to yourself and Kelly's like I'll grow all the time I got a podcast <laughs> and Natasha improv that on the spot yes. that's my favorite line in the whole show <laughs>
1: all the time, I got a podcast. Perfect. And that was Amanda Seals. Thanks to her, and welcome to the Podcast Circle Jerk. All right, well, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good shit that helps all the bad shit go down. It's what gets us through. Barry and I have a joint chaser this (laughs) week. If you remember, Barry, last week, her chaser was that, her and I, We're seeing the Spongebob musical together. And guess what? We saw that shit. Barry, thoughts?
2: Um, Redacting it as a chaser. (laughs) It does not help the bad shit go down. It makes you more confused and maybe feel worse.
1: (laughs) I was terrified the entire time. Spongebob was thick, first of all. Yeah, like scary, muscly. He had suspenders, and so his junk was in my face the entire time.
2: (laughs) We were very close to the stage, but it was just alarming.
1: And it had very complicated uh, approaches to racism, (laughs) which I would not have expected of a Spongebob musical. But I was a little stoned when I saw it. Um, And by a little, I mean wildly out of my mind. And there was a part... Where a bunch of the fish paint a sign that says no land mammals allowed about Sandy Cheeks, the squirrel. And I burst out laughing so loud.
2: Everyone in the audience. By the way, it was a Tuesday night and the crowd was fucking wild. So intense. So many children, but also just wild adults. Uh, But yeah, at that point, like everyone was very quiet and like, oh my God, I can't believe Sandy's going through this. And meanwhile... Matt Belisai is just cracking up a storm.
1: Because I was not expecting a whole like xenophobia through line, a B story. xenophobia at the spongebob musical and it had a very questionable moral at the end which because at one point they ask sandy spoiler alert for the spongebob musical (laughs) they ask sandy to join a band and she was like well you guys were fucked up and racist towards me but i guess you need a guitar player and then she (laughs) just forgives them for all of their racism wrong Um, also, what other highlights? There was a sexy Krabby Patty. There was a very sexy
2: Krabby Patty. And
1: then we got assaulted by a bunch of confetti cannons. It turned
2: into the Blue Man
1: Group. It turned into the Blue Man Group. I and did then not we sign left. a waiver. And um, I got home and was out of my mind questioning reality. <laughs> it was not great.
2: I will say... Something that I did thoroughly enjoy was the amount of detail that went into turning an animated TV show into a stage production with humans.
1: Um, It's called
2: money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they had a shit ton of money.
1: Basically, it was a high school production that someone spent millions of dollars on.
2: Yes. There were several, what is it? Ruth Bader Ginsburg devices? What are those? Rue Gehrig? Lou Gehrig? (laughs) What are those called?
1: Rube Goldberg machines? Yes.
2: Yes. There were several of those deployed throughout the show. That was very fun. But no high school is going to be able to recreate that.
1: No. Anyway, go check out the SpongeBob musical. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend doing it while intoxicated or under the influence. Yeah. Although I would not recommend <laughs> getting as high as I did because I was scared. At yeah, the end of the at the night. end
2: I was really scared. I was like laugh, crying, but mostly crying. So, um.
1: And that's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever else you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice, because I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Jess Hackle, Mark and Julian at the Invisible Studios, and this week's sponsor, Quip. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye Someone came over to my house and they were like, "Why do you have a clip-on fan pointing at your toilet?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's my after shower fan." <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> I need to cool down. I was like, normally I would have unclipped it, but I forgot. <laughs>